So here's what mine was. Yeah. It was when I was 11 years old. I had an Intellivision. Do you, you probably two don't even know what that is, do you? What? A television? Exactly. In television. Oh, in no, television. I don't. Do you know, know what Atari is, the old game yeah. system? Yes, yes. In television was the competing game system. Oh. I got that. It was a little bit better, to be quite honest with you. The game I always wanted was called, it wasn't called Frogger, it was called Frog Bog. Oh. And you had a little frog, and all you would do is you'd push a button, and this frog would jump from one lily pad to the other, and when you'd push the button in the air, it would shoot its tongue out and catch the flying by dots, which were yeah. mosquitoes and other insects. Best game ever. Cool. Yeah, that was yeah. that was my best gift ever. What about you, Kelsey? I don't know. What's yours? So mine, I didn't think was the best gift at the time, but my best friend um, from high school had moved to Georgia. We were we dated for a little bit. It didn't work. We just realized we were better off as friends. But for my birthday, he sent me a Build-A-Bear, mm. and he recorded his voice in it, and he has since passed. Oh. So now oh, I have his so voice nice. whenever I need to hear it. Or just like it's just a, a personal message that he said to me and I like to play it every time I miss him and it's my most valuable gift, I think. Wow. That's uh I'm be- that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And my condolences. That's, that's I didn't had no idea. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. What about you, gals? <laughs> you're trapped. You're trapped <laughs> now. So from well, the lamest like- gift ever for me <laughs> to the most amazing <laughs> gift ever. Yeah, you're seriously. screwed now. You cannot win. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anything nice. Um, I would say my nanny gave me um, one of her old rings. Oh, my um, God. She gave each of us, like, I have two sisters, so she gave each of us one of her rings, um, and so that we would have something always to think of her with. Okay. That's sweet. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, okay, you two did amazing gifts. I did a lame one. Listener, <laughs> we want to know your best gifts ever, too. Put in the comments. And, uh, Christina? That's right. You are listening to the Profit First Podcast. Episode 164. Oh, oh. yeah. Ah. Listen to that. Ah. <laughs> Listen to that music. It's better. Yeah. It's not blowing our ears out. Yeah, that's awesome. But work with really good. That was, that was perfect. Welcome, everyone, to the Profit First Podcast. I'm Christina Bolduck, your co-host. And I'm Mike Michalowicz, the other co-host guy and the author of Profit First. What's that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I got a new book coming out. We just picked the title. I can't share what it is Ooh. anymore. Uh, Penguin approved it last night. Love it. Um, and I'm joined in the studio by the co-host of the co-host, Kelsey Ayers. <laughs> hey, everybody. And you, my friends, you're listening to the Profit First Podcast. This is a show where we explore every single element of profitability. Mm. And today, today we're going to talk about someone who's implemented Profit First and then said, ah, not working, dropped it, and then said, ah, this really isn't working, and went back to it. Oh, I can't wait to hear the story. It sounds like my ex-girlfriend. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm jumping you. I love you. I hate you. Well, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. Yep, and uh, make sure you go to ProfitFirstPodcast.com because we have our biggest hits there. Yeah. And I got a brand new website. <gasps> cool. Ooh. Do you remember this? Do you remember this sound? Cut Daddy Fat Back? Yes. Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear that, Kelsey? Yeah. Cut Daddy Fat Back. So that was... Good old Ruby Tan. That was Ruby Tan. Um, I came up with a rapper name. I, I don't know if you all know that. Of course. Um, so Christina's a professional opera singer. You own your own business. You own a jewelry manufacturing business. I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, I am, <laughs> I'm a rapper. Yeah, Inside, I'm a rapper. <laughs> So um, I came up with my rapper name, probably the most confrontational, most um, intense rapper name you've ever heard, Fat Daddy Fatback. That's my name. <laughs> um, and it's, it's intimidating. Le- it's sure. intimidating. It is. It is. It's because I'm Fat Daddy Fatback. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Fatback, uh-huh. which mm. is bacon. Okay. Of course. You knew that. Did you, know, you, did you not know that? I was thinking of Back Fat. <laughs> oh, like oh, like Muffin Top. That's called Muffin Top. No. Oh, you're funny. No, Fatback is... 
Big. Bacon. Okay. Bacon. I'm a big bacon fan. So Fat Daddy Fatback, everyone called me that ever since I've been growing up. So there's a website out Daddy there. Daddy Fatback? Now. Called Fat Daddy <laughs> Fatback. Everybody called you that. Everyone Ruby now. Tan. Ruby everyone. Tan. She started Daddy it. She started the trend. Ruby Tan. Mm. Fat Daddy Fatback? Yeah. That's me. So my my rapper name is Fat Daddy Fatback, and I said, well, I'm going to come out with my website. So now, if you go to Fat Daddy Fatback, the two of you have to do this later, go to FatDaddyFatback.com. It's out there. It's a big old picture. My rapper. Your raps on there, too? Yeah. And the best Ooh. part, my, yeah, my 10 biggest greatest hits are on there. Uh-huh. You can click them all. Are you eating bacon? Uh, no. <laughs> B- better. Better. Remember the sites from like the uh, early 90s, right? When websites were coming out, they'd have that one graphic of someone, like a flame. Yeah. But they have it 10 times over, so the flame all moves at the same time. Yeah. I have the exact same thing. That's but not awesome. with flames. That's with awesome. dancers. <laughs> it is. Wait, are you the dancer in everyone? Of course You have is. to go to the website and find out. It These is so mini mics funny. And I'm wearing my bling. I got my tats on. Oh. You got to go to Fat Dad. Cool. Wait, what are so, your tats? Uh, it's on my knuckles. It says Fat Dad. That's Fat Dad? <laughs> Do you only have three fingers <laughs> on the one No, hand? but you can't put fat daddy. It would be like three fingers on one side, and the other one would have to go to my sixth finger. Oh, because you have that. Th- I don't. I That's know. the problem, so I just went with fat Can daddy. I have it? <laughs> I'm missing one. <laughs> I know. She's missing a finger. You know? So we have I a shout out. I'm just going to mull right over that. <laughs> yeah. We have a shout out that I think you should share. Fat daddy, fat back? Yes. So this is probably my favorite shout out of all time. Uh, Ajax Grossong. Is it, is it Grossong, you think? Groshong, yeah. Groshong. Okay, I'm sorry. So Ajax Groshong, our youngest listener ever. So Ajax, if you're listening right now, we know you're, I think he's three, he's a toddler. He's a toddler. So he's two, three, four years old. We don't know his exact age. He didn't want to report that. He felt a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> he loves our music. So Ajax, uh, thanks for listening to our show. Your mom says you're awesome, and this is for you. That's yeah. right. Ah! Give Ajax, him, give him another one. love having you on the show. That's right. That's for you. <laughs> So thanks for being a listener. And uh, thanks for all the moms out there who let their toddlers listen to this crap. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you have a shout-out that you want to uh, to give to us or to you know make known to the world, call our hotline, 844-876-7221. Record your 20-second profit-first testimonial. We want to hear from you, boo. Yeah. Yeah, shout-out how you made your business profitable. Um, all right, before we kick into today's show, I do want to thank our corporate partners who make the show a reality you know, we got a new one. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh, do I supposed to talk about that? That's for next, next week. That's for next week. So we have a brand <laughs> new one tuned. who we're going to announce Stay next, tuned. starting next week. God, it's so getting so complex. <laughs> um, is this is this going to broadcast before ProfitCon? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So ProfitCon is coming up September 27th, 28th, 29th. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, this is airing 9th, September 4th. Yeah. You Listen, if you don't have your tickets to ProfitCon, now this is designed for ABCs, accountants, bookkeepers, and coaches. So mm. if you fall in that category, get your ticket now. It is going to be an amazing event. We just got all the amazing giveaways. I'm so excited. There's one thing that Christina's like, I want like 10 of those. <laughs> and she, and Can I win them? What? Can I win them? You can have you, No, you'll get them you too. You get one. Oh, yeah. You're you just getting it. You're getting it. But Christina is like jacked about this thing. I'm yeah. not going to share what it is. There's lots of cool stuff going on. We have amazing entertainment. I think every event should have cool oh, yeah. breaks with entertainment. Uh, we have really cool stuff going on, and we're going to teach people how to drive profitability. I think it's the only conference in the world dedicated to profitability. Woo! Yeah. So email Christina, which is with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, at ProfitFirstProfessional.com and say, give me a ticket. I want to hear from you. Okay. Um, so our corporate sponsors who make that ProfitCon a reality and uh, this show are Fundbox. Yes. Oh, my God. Love them. I love them. Do you like them, Ruby? Fat Daddy Fat Back. That's right. <laughs> uh, Nextiva. Appropriate response. Next, yeah, she always says that. <laughs> 
uh, who's amazing. They're sending their team uh, over. Fundbox will be there too. And of course, the fabled Receipt Bank. Mm-mm. And we have a couple other people. We do. Uh, QX will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Hubdoc. Hubdoc will be there. That's right. Oh my God. And some other surprises yeah. too. Yeah. AKA, they didn't send in their check yet, so we can't, <laughs> <laughs> we can't officially make a statement. Right. So we can't say anything. Uh, okay. Oh, and one last thing before uh, we get into the the content here is mm. I do want to uh, remind our listeners I teamed up with American Express. This show is called Turning Points. It subsequently has won, you know what it is, Kelsey. What have we won? Yeah, the Grammys. The Grammys. The Emmys. Emmys. And the Tonys. The Oscars. And the Oscars. And we're up, ever. we're up for Country Music Hit of the Year. Oh, right. my. Really? Did you forget? Yeah. Fat Daddy, yeah. Fat Back Feature. That's right. A lot of people don't know my diversity. Yeah. So oh, this show, it's a podcast. I mean, how many... Listen, you can scour the internet for every podcast you can find. How many podcasts have won all that acclaim? Breaking boundaries. None. 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 <laughs> well, one has. It's called Turning Points by Mike McAllister. <laughs> wow. So uh, hop on your favorite podcatcher and type in Turning Points... And uh, you gotta listen to that show. I did a six series episode, or yeah, six episode series. Yes, one of, right. one of six those. episode series. Yeah, when you win so many awards, it gets confusing. <laughs> oh. Listen Too much to stuff it. Stuff in that brain. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Anywho, <laughs> his name is uh, his name is Mike Manning, and okay, and Shannon Simmons. We got two people. That's yes, who, this yes, is we a do. liberal reverse. So let me tell you about Mike Manning. Mike is the owner of HC2 Gym. It's based out of Florida. He is a certified strength and conditioning coach, a U.S. weightlifting coach, nice. and CrossFit level two. Now, he's a former U.S. Marine. I already thanked Mike for his service. Uh, and uh, ironically, as we're talking, I said, well, tell me about your career. He said, I was in the Marines. He served uh, upwards of, I think, 10 to 12 years there, decided to go to the Air Force. He joins the Air Force and gets injured there. Oh, no. Yeah, he's the Marine. He's the front line. Yeah. No injury. He joins the Air Force, uh, and he, he gets hurt. Uh, so he decided to retire from the military, became a professional firefighter. Thank you for your service nice. there, too. And then retired from that and moved on to own his gym, HC2 Gym. He's married uh, to his high school sweetheart, Donna, and they live in Satellite Beach, Florida, with their three-year-old Jack Russell uh, named oh, name Capone. Capone. I yeah. love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Allison Capone. It's it's a female. Oh. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it's a hysterical one, actually. And my, what we're going to learn about Mike's story is Mike implemented Profit First. He saw an opportunity, decided to drop it. So I want to know why, and then brought it back. But we have a special second guest with us, Shannon Simmons. She is a Profit First professional, the authority, my friends, in making gyms profitable. Yeah. She actually turned uh, Mike onto the show when she heard about his story, so we got to get him on. So she's joining in, too, to give some insights. Now, a little bit of background on Shannon. Two years in public accounting, she saw the need for small businesses, gyms specifically, that need to become financially healthy and decided to devote her career to that. She maintains a Master of Accountancy degree from Manchester University. Is that in England? Manchester? We'll find out. She's giggling. She's giggling. So no. Uh, and she's also a master level certified Profit First professional and a certified QuickBooks Pro advisor. So uh, Shannon, welcome to the show. And Mike, welcome to the show. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Hello. So Mike, we got to get right into it. You decided that you needed Profit First and then you decided you don't need Profit First. Tell us the story. Uh, well, uh, a little bit of background. Um, my wife uh, helps me with the finances for the gym. She does all the uh, paperwork, and she has a business finance degree and an accounting degree. 
and she has her own job. And so I would bug her all the time about stuff. And so I started looking around to try to figure out how I could become, you know, a little bit more accounting and, uh, you know, business money oriented uh, to turn this hobby of mine into an actual business. And so I stumbled across Profit First and uh, immediately downloaded it on Kindle, read through it, read through it, printed everything out, and then realized, uh-oh, <laughs> I got some work to do. Mm-hmm. And so, I, uh, so I, I immediately started implementing it. One of my bad habits, I guess, is um, you know buying a book, a business book or something like that, and then not doing anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. I read it, sounds great. And then next thing you know, uh, six months have gone by and I haven't actually implemented anything. So I went right ahead and uh, did my analysis and then realized, oh, I don't have any profit, but let's see, what can I do? I'm going to put 1% off the top and I opened up four uh, accounts. Uh, and then uh, I, that was going well, uh, you know, a little bit at a time. I just started with 1% across the board. Uh, and then we had a two or three bad months and my wife, unbeknownst to me, took some of the money out of those accounts and put it into Ooh. our other accounts, right? Well, not, not unbeknownst to me. She has all authority to do it. And then uh, that was the end of that for a while. And then I'm a member of a business group uh, for gym owners. And uh, we started talking, Shannon, so I don't know the story. I'm sure she'll tell it. I heard about her and a lot of the other gym owners that um, I'm aligned with were starting to ask questions about profit first. Mm -hmm. And it caused me to jump back in and basically start again at scratch. And that was just a few months ago. And then I met Shannon out in Las Vegas and here we are. So just tell me a little more about the story where your wife decided we need to take from that profit account. You said you were taking 1% profit. That seems like such a small amount. Why would she pull from that? I mean, that 1% Right. Well... Yeah, well, I got into quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, and there were several thousand dollars in all. Of this. So I had the tax account, profit owner account, yeah. and the operating account. Maybe I t- too much, um, and we had you know just like in the gym business or your personal service business, you know, you have good months and bad months, and uh, so she she basically went in there. Oh, there's money over here. I'm going to use that, and so without really, you know, she, her being an accountant, when I, when I told her about profit first, she had some cognitive dissonance with it, right? It doesn't make sense to her degree. You know, it's backwards, right? You have to pay the bills first. So, uh, so that it was easy for her to just do that. And then I just kind of rolled with it for a while. And okay. If that makes no, sense. No, I totally get it. And that's, Shannon, I mean, that's pretty typical, isn't it? Yeah, actually it's really typical. There's a lot of, I mean, like Mike said, um, gyms especially do have slower months the summer is a prime time for that and so yes we see a lot of slow months and people um somewhat wanting to walk away from profit first you're not alone there mike for sure and chan tell me about this like uh, you know we have the money saved up uh we have a slow time It, it seems that when i work with businesses often revert to oh i can just borrow from this mo- this money mm. temporarily like, I, I just use it now yeah and, and this isn't just business i know in our personal oh, personally lives, yeah right guilty guilty so <laughs> yep. shannon have you seen this uh in businesses in this this kind of feeling that they're just borrowing and then they don't pay it back and if so what's the fix in your opinion to that yep i've seen lots of people borrow and say they're gonna pay it back and Um, I don't know that any of them have all paid it back yet. So it definitely happens. (laughs) And every conversation I have with them, they still say they're going to wait and put it, they're waiting to pay it back. They're going to still try to pay it back. 
Um, but what I really recommend, and to me, this is one of the biggest benefits of having an accountability person that you have to go talk to when you want to take money out of those profit or tax accounts. Um, just somebody that you have to account to and say, this is why I need to do it. And somebody that can hopefully try to talk you out of that, or at least talk some sense into you maybe about why you're going to do that and why you set those accounts up in the first place that they are for profit and tax. And um, that that profit first is really there as an indicator to tell you that if you can't put all that money into profit or tax, that's okay. We need to figure out what's going on and it's okay to dial back those allocations. So Mike, I don't know. It sounds like maybe you were a couple of different quarters into profit first and hopefully yeah. you were allocating more than just 1% into that. Yeah, profit I, got up, account. Yeah, um, I got, actually got up to where I was three to one owner profit tax. Oh, oh okay. Nice. Okay, so you were increasing the profit contribution. Yes. But, you know, Mike, what I've seen, and I want to know what your feeling is, is that when we have to take money back out of the profit account, at least feel compelled, that a lot of people say, well, profit first doesn't work. The system's broken. It's not us. It's the system. What, what was your wife and your feeling when you had to take that money out? Was it that profit first is a failed system? No, no, I, quite the opposite, um, you know, um, I guess I guess what a lot of people and what I my one of my first questions was well, profit first sounds great but what if you don't have any profit so um, and then as you read into it and look into it you say, well you, the only way to get profit is to make profit and so it makes perfect sense to me so when we did withdraw the money it was it was not because the system didn't work it was because the are you know whether maybe expending too much on the other end or not earning enough on the other end or you know whatever the thing other things that contribute to your bottom line in business weren't happening and so uh, not because of the system at all just because of a shortage of money if that makes sense oh no i mm. i get it um i that's a great response because i i feel that a lot of people respond saying well profit first is not for me you know maybe other businesses can do it, but my business is unique and i can't but I'm hearing is the opposite. You said, well, something's wrong with the business. So you, you brought Profit First back. Um, if it didn't work the first go around, why would you bring Profit First back? Um, well, because I it really have to. It, the other way isn't working. So, you know, um, going month to month, um, you know, paying all your bills and then seeing what's left over and then realizing, looking through my expenses, I have a lot of uh, fluffy things in there, Nine ninety nine a month here, $150 yeah. a yeah. month here, 400 yeah. over here. And so the reality was um, profit first makes perfect sense. And, and I should be paying myself first, right? Um, in that in that way. And if the other things aren't working, well, my expenses maybe are too high. So I went back in and uh, cut expenses um, kind of ruthlessly a little bit, and uh, which then gave me the uh, the confidence to go back into actually putting that money, that same money that I was spending into my profit first accounts. And what, give me a sense for a gym, like what expenses can you cut that you, were the fluffy expenses yeah. in the past? Well, it's, that's the, just, just like in the military, there's mission creep, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got, uh, when I first started, we were the uh, only ones around. I could do whatever I wanted and now that's not the same. And so when you're talking about technology, the, the industry is selling so much stuff to us right now. It's almost irresistible software mm. to uh, track your clients' workouts, um, you know, heart rate monitors in the gym, um, you know, uh, uh, point of sale systems, um, you know, 
electronic sign-up stuff, you know, just all kinds of stuff, um, coaching, you know, uh, workouts and stuff that you can programming that you could buy online, uh, business groups that you can join. So uh, at the end of the day, you know, every day I'm getting bombarded by things to buy uh, that'll help my business. And sometimes you get sucked into them. I didn't even, I wasn't even using a Hootsuite for the longest time. I was paying $19 a month for Hootsuite, not even using it. So uh, if you guys know what Hootsuite is, it manages your social media. But uh, yeah, so I just went in and cut expenses and that, um, that allowed me to go back to profit first, which the only way uh, that I can see, and I've been doing this 10 years, so the only way, it started as a hobby, but the only way I can see it as being a business is if I actually use profit first and uh, eke out a profit and then increase that over time. And how, many, how much in expenses were you able to cut, would you estimate, percentage-wise, and um, what's your yeah. profit count at now, percentage-wise? Um, I, I, prob- I probably cut um, over 10%, and I'm back to 3 to 1 Oh, you got it. You got a nice uh, head nod from first. Kelsey. The old, <laughs> yeah. the, the old lip came up, and the, the like the Sherlock Holmes. Yes, yes. You should have had a, yeah. uh, a pipe in your mouth there, Kelsey. Okay, I so look you, just like Sherlock Holmes. No, what kind of do with the cape over you right now? <laughs> just put your hands behind your back and kind of lean forward. Um, so, Mike. Okay, so you cut ten percent cost, and did that all just translate into your profit account? Um, well, no. I mean, there. With that, I cut ten percent, and then I were some things that had to be had to be. Uh, done. I spent some of that money on, but by cutting that ten, that those were all monthly things, right? Uh, recurring expenses, things that I had signed up for that are basically, uh, you know, more or less fluff. Useful probably, but when you need the extra money, they're fluff. So it didn't all go right into the profit first account. I went back to one 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 across the board, and then increased to uh, three two one and quarter two. Nice. So yeah, so. You know, but then again, I'm I'm back a little bit of creep on the expense side. <laughs> so okay, and, and so I actually have my P and L in front of me. I'm going and my my transaction reports, and I'm going back. And what I still pay for that? I'm getting rid of this. Okay, <laughs> have you become more cognizant of it? Do you feel this go around? Well, you're actually going to start cutting those costs again, or do you think you might dip back into yeah, that, that profit account? That that's a great insight because if I could put the number one value on profit first for like a small business owner is it, whether you implement it or not, whether you're successful with it or not, you know, that's up to you. But what it definitely will do is make you become more cognizant of where your money's going, what you're spending your money on, as opposed to just looking at your, uh, you know, your balance, you're looking to see what's going out and what's coming in. And it made me, like I said, my wife was the accountant. She took all, all the money and my, my whole uh, business finance approach was, Hey honey, how much money do we have? Right. Yeah. So it, it got me into the game and it's much more clear to me now exactly, you know, what you need to do. So if anything, it made me a better um, accounting type, you know, finance type business owner. <laughs> so, nice. so, hey, Shannon, I mean, you work with countless gyms, CrossFit centers. What what are the common expenses that you see? Mike was just saying, like, you know, you can get all the software, the training software, the heart monitors. Are, are there expenses that you see gyms typically uh, expending but not benefiting from? Perhaps the obvious ones that maybe should be reconsidered as an expense and cut? Yeah, I think Mike hit the nail on the head with those. It really is a lot of just subscriptions that seem really good in the moment that they're purchased and they are beneficial, um, but they're not being used. They're not gaining the most efficiency from those subscriptions. And then that becomes, like Mike said, fluff. Um, So it is usually it's a lot of $20 to $150 Mm. subscriptions that we just really hit that account 
hard and, and look at, are you really gaining everything that you should from this expense? And if so, great. But if not, you know, can we cut it or can we go get everything that we can from that to really benefit the business? But Shannon, don't profitable? I lose the competitive advantage if I don't have my heart rate monitors and the guy down the street has it? I'm not as cutting edge as a gym. Am I done? Stick a fork in me? Or stick a dumbbell on my head. You know, it's more of a gym. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I think there's lots of other ways that you can be competitively competitive in the market. And maybe that is one that you can't cut, but there's always another one then that, that you're not using whatsoever, like Mike said. So there's a gym down the street that I go to. Uh-oh. Our recorder just stopped cold. So, oh, there it goes again. Whew, that was scary. <laughs> so there's a gym I go down the street called uh, Retro Workouts or something. And... Retro they ex fitness. retro fitness and yep. they ex they everything's so retro there but that's their whole angle they say <laughs> you know we haven't changed since the 70s or nor if they've cleaned the place since the 70s <laughs> it feels like wow. feel and you got to go in like wearing your awkwardly short shorts really to fit in there you know what i'm saying like from the 70s you the bruce oh, you, have you, no, have you, you have to you have to i've heard you have to everyone does have you been there no. Get with the time, yeah, so Kelsey. You, so you don't know what you're talking about. You have to wear <laughs> your 70s sure you brown, orange, green stripe. <laughs> yeah. They you know, actually tan. hand them to you at the door. They do. Bruce Jenner is there, <laughs> or whatever his name is now. But um, I think, Mike, when you cut these costs, did you find that your gym took on a new personality? Did me did your members complain and say, what's happening here? What was the response no. of your customer base and, and your own thoughts? I, not none at all. They don't. That's not something they really notice. I think you know, as an owner, you know, we're always, you know, trying to how do we get more clients? How do I, how do I keep up with the competition? How do I keep up with the technology? But um, in the end, uh, the people that come to the gym, they just want to get in shape and have a good time and and uh, learn something and feel better. And whether you write the workouts on a whiteboard or you put them up on a, a fifty inch TV with some cool software, um, you know. They're just as happy for the most part, I think. That's true. And I wonder, 100%. I wonder, Shannon, can you exploit that? If if I decide to do the whiteboard, can that actually become an advantage? That perceived weakness becomes an advantage over the competition? Sure. I think anything can become an advantage if you market it that way and, and you really exploit it, like you said. Um, then it can be a personalized workout rather than one that's there for everybody. Or There's lots of different ways. That's to, juicy. Yeah. I like it. So, Mike, give me some examples of things you did that are kind of working out, which was uh, a cost cutter. Uh, the whiteboard's a great example. Do you have any other examples of where you cut costs and it's actually working in your favor? Well, yeah. For, for instance, uh, I have... Uh, gym management software, which, um, so in the beginning there was none in, uh, 2007, when I started, you basically, everything was done on paper. Uh, I had, so I have gym management software. Then I had uh, workout tracking software where the clients could come in and they see the workout and they could put their results in. And then I had, um, programming software where, you know, th these are the workouts that we're going to do for the next six weeks. And I program them all out. So we we're a coaching type gym. It's not a, you know, uh, do it yourself. So next thing you know, I have three different software systems. And so wow. what I did was, um, I'm in the process of getting back to just one, uh, software system that does all of that. And so I got in a little bit early on that. So kind of like the, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call the grandfather price or the, uh, early adopter price. And so, um, I was able to get rid of some of the other programs that I used and put it all into one. Now, you know, all in one is not as good as the experts at one thing, but it's good enough for me. So uh, I think that really helped out a lot. Tell me about the percentages. How did you select those percentages? 
um, for, for because just different one, accounts. yeah. So um, just like reading through the book, right? Not being a, a finance person, it was pretty simple to me. I, that was actually the first thing I, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do this by this analysis. I don't have enough money for that. Yeah. But um, uh, how I stumbled across the one percent was. Um, that's the least amount I can do. Right. right. And so I kind of dipped my toes in the water with that. And then obviously reading more into it and kind of thinking about it, it became obvious. Oh, well just start here and then increase a little bit over time as you feel comfortable. Um, and so that's exactly what I did. And that's kind of my approach anyway. Okay. So, so you start off the lowest point and then the lowest denominator, you start building your way up. And I assume you start finding what your ceiling is, what your capability is for your business. And that's where you settle in for, at least for now. Right, exactly. And so, you know, all the other stuff still has to go on, right? I, I have to decide what software I'm going to use, like we talked about, what time are my classes going to be, you know, wh wh where am I going to spend money on Facebook marketing? And, you know, wh what kind of things am I going to do to increase our, um, our gross revenue um, so that those other numbers can increase? But it gives me, you know, e even, even the minute you go from not seeing any profit to just cutting some expenses, taking that money and putting it into an account that says profit on it, then now you're profitable, right? And so, I mean, it's just a mind shift that kind of gives you, um, like it, it keeps it in your face that, hey, I'm a profitable business. I might not be very profitable, but at least I'm not losing money or I'm definitely, I have a place, I have a path that I can follow now and it kind of keeps you in the game. Yeah, then, yeah. And then you're part of the, I call it the super 17. Only 17% of businesses, small businesses, are profitable. Uh, so it's a rarity. Sadly, it's a rarity, and that's what our mission right. is, is to eradicate that so that all businesses are profitable. Right. But, yeah, a small profit that, is a profit. Yeah. Most people have a yeah. loss. You know, another thing. That's a, in the yeah. gym business, I think that's that's more the, – the percentage of profitable is probably low in the, in the, uh, the CrossFit or um, – the uh, garage gym type of business that's not a franchise or a chain. I think the mom and pop gym is probably less than 17% are actually profitable. Yeah, mm -hmm. I believe it. Mm -hmm. it. One thing that gets me fired up, like upset, mm. is they call an income statement. The alternative name is a profit and loss statement. Yeah. Loss is in yeah. the <laughs> title. I, I held it back because Ajax is listening. I didn't swear. I didn't swear. But it really upsets me. Yeah. yeah. You're setting the thing saying, well, you may have a profit, you may have a loss. That's like going into a relationship saying, you know, maybe we'll date, maybe we won't. Like, no, you're either in or you're out. Yeah. You, you don't have an, uh, I don't know. That just disappoints me. Um, and now I totally forgot the great question I had. <laughs> oh, I guess I'll, I'll ask Shannon. Shannon, Mike gave us the core accounts he set up, the profit account, tax account. He's paying himself owner's comp. Um, but for gyms, when you and I were talking offline, you said, you know what? Gyms should actually have additional accounts. Can you give me a sense of what you were talking about? Uh, sure. There's several different accounts that we always talk about when we're implementing and, and um, personalizing profit first for any gym. But um, some of those, I always think um, a gym needs a, an equipment account. Um, you don't know when something's going to go wrong, but you know something's going to go wrong at some point. You're going to have to replace something at some point. And so it's just saving up for that specific expense whenever it happens and it can be done in tiny little increments $50 every allocation but that amount adds up quickly um, and then you like I said just have that prepared for an emergency um, then there's always the payroll account sales tax account if you're having if you're selling product and have to pay sales tax um, and annual expense account is another big one that I really recommend Mike's talking about CrossFit 
gyms, they have really high affiliation fees, some of them, and that can hit really hard in one month. And so if you're, again, saving for that all year long, you don't feel it in that one month. You feel it all year like you're supposed to and just smooths out that cash flow. So those are the four that we really hit on. There are definitely others, though. Hey, Shannon, also, Mike, between the lines, was talking about Donna, his wife, and said, you know, unbeknownst to him, she took money out. And that's very common. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's this concept of removing temptation. <laughs> Would you suggest this? You know, what I write about in the book is Mike's gym could – they could have another account at another bank hidden away. Uh, the money gets transferred in there, but they have no ATM access, no online access, no checks. The only way to withdraw money would be by going over there and getting a certified banker's check. And maybe Mike's the only one that can sign for it. Is that too coercive? Is that a good idea? What's your sense, Shannon, first on the, the practicality of that? And then I want to hear from Mike on the emotional kind of component. Yeah. It's totally practical. And I talked about at the beginning having an, accounting, an accountability partner. That kind of makes the bank be an accountability partner too. Um, I know that I'm always, if I have to run to the bank, that's just an errand that I don't really necessarily want to do. And so I really need to have that money. I really need to need that money before I'm going to run to the bank. So I think that's definitely um, something we suggest all the time. Mike, how would that fly with Donna? If you say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm going to transfer this money elsewhere. You're not going to know where it is. That that doesn't sound like a good move with my wife. What do you think about it? Well, I mean, you know, if, if there's if there's other money available, it's, that wouldn't be a problem. The minute there was any kind of financial stress, it would be like, hey, <laughs> you know, you're looking through the couch cushions, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, yes, but we had it set up to, you know, there was no ATM card or anything. But, you know, it's 2017. All it takes is uh, an online check-in, close the account. And that's what, you know, that's what she did. She basically, in order to get the money out, she had to close the account. And so... There we are. And, so let me but, ask uh, you, know, you it's one just, step further. Once the account yes. was closed, I assume you, know, you you got the best in the moment, but it wasn't a miraculous fix. There may have been another right. challenging financial time where oh, the money sure, wasn't there. Oh, sure, of course. And, and, and there were, absolutely. So, And that's what solidified my resolve to go back to it and stick with it. Even if, Like I said, even if it's like Shannon mentioned, you know, even if it's 50 bucks, right, or you know, 1%. Um, you know, you could scale those back, but I think the necessity to actually have that and keep it there and then, uh, you know, and not rate it when things go wrong because they're going to go wrong and you're going to have bad months and good months. But it, it, I think if you modulate it to where it's very doable at first, and that's why I went with the 1%, you know, I think I could do that because, you know, I spend money on things. I could cut expenses to always meet that 1%. So, Mike, I wish you were in our studio right now because the Hawaiian lumberjack, uh, he's one of our guides here. Have you heard that nickname by any chance, Mike? I have. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you have? Have. You're, dude, you're famous, close, Mike. Get closer to the microphone. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. So he's in here, and I'll tell you, I guess it's in the theme of the retro throwback of the 70s. You look like right out of the 70s, unshaven, these glasses that are the size of your head, a Fundera T-shirt, Messy mopped hair. up hair. Yeah, what, I need a haircut. Yeah, you decided to. He should go to retro much. gym. What was that, Mike? He he should go to retro fitness. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah with his awkwardly short shorts. What'd you pop in for? You have something to share? Yes, I do actually. Is it is it regarding this or is it something you want to share at the end? What what is it? Well, it's it's something. It's um. My Hawaiian lumberjack fact. Okay, so we're gonna hop to that yeah. then right at the end of finish my. Okay, but sure, it, sure. but if you have a question for Mike too, I want you to ask. Okay, okay. okay. So, uh, Mike, before we wrap things up, what's the future look like for your gym? I mean, with Profit First, can you grow it, or is this gonna restrict your growth? What do you see the future looking like, and how are you gonna play it out? 
Did I stump you? We Are we still there? We may have lost Mike. Oh, no. Let me... Oh I have a question, too. There can only be so many mics in a room at one time. Yeah. I know, right? Can you hear me? Okay. I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. Can you hear me? All right, Mike, you're Hi. back. Did, did you hear my question? Yeah. Yes, I did. So the future for me, and I think other gym owners, too, is is that, uh, in, you know, growing a crowded space, uh, you're going to have to find your niche and be really good at that and not try to be everything for everybody. And from there, um, you know, using profit first and paying attention to, you know, where the money's going and having a plan, then you could actually execute that plan instead of, you know, chasing the newest fad. So for me, the future looks like narrow down my focus, my niche, uh, do a little bit better job at marketing and then mm. stay focused on what the outcome should be and always have the money in there, you know, a little, at least a little bit so that I, I don't, when an emergency happens, I'm prepared for it. So that, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike, before you said at the very beginning of the podcast that you had a bad habit of reading these books and thinking it's a great idea, but not following through in the concept. Have you yeah. realized now yeah. that you've gone through all of this and have started implementing a solid system that yeah. your habits have changed in that direction as well? Yeah, I, I, uh, I recognize a lot of fluff a lot quicker, but you know, when I scroll through my, um, my Kindle account, I'm full. So, and I know I can't do all of that, but yeah, the things that just resonate with me that make perfect sense and are simple, right? The kiss rule, which profit first is, that's why it drew me back, um, among other, other actual books and stuff, but, uh, having the actual wherewithal to implement it and just take the first step and do something. I mean, you could read books yeah. all day long. Someday you're going to have to go out and do something about it. So opening an account and putting money in there, it, I mean, that ultimately was the first step. And that's very sustainable, especially in my case, if you just do it a little bit at a time and, uh, you, you know, you just make your mind up that this has to, just like brushing your teeth, this has to get done every day. Awesome. So. Awesome. Yes, we got to start wrapping things up. Uh, so, Mike, first I want to give you the opportunity, the floor. Uh, for the folks listening in that they need to go to a gym, there's a beautiful one in Florida I heard of. It's yours. <laughs> How do people learn more about HC2? Well, they can find us at hc2gym.com, uh, also on Facebook. Um, I, I put up articles sometimes about nutrition and fitness and things like that and, and uh, healthy meals that you can eat on our website. And uh, if you're ever in Florida, we're on the uh, East Coast, just south of Cocoa Beach, due east of Orlando in Melbourne, Florida. So it's a nice vacation spot if you're up north in the wintertime. Come on down. You know what's so confusing about this entire episode is what? Melbourne, I think, is in Australia. It's in yeah. Florida. Uh, you know, Shannon went, Shannon went to Manchester. London. And she's like, no. So, Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a joy. And, Shannon, before we let you go, tell us where people can learn more about, more about you and how you help gyms out. Yeah, so I'm the owner of Netbooks Accounting Services, and the website is netbooksaccounting.com. Okay, so we'll have both in the show notes. Mike and Shannon, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank awesome. you, guys. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, right, I got a – um, I don't know if anyone here has gone to Mike's gym. I snuck in one day, and Mike uh, does some of the personal coaching with gyms. So <laughs> I actually recorded him. Mike, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, when I walked in, uh, you were talking to one of your customers, and uh, they were saying, I'm thinking about becoming a member, and here's your response. Do it! <laughs> Just do it! <laughs> and the member's like, I'm not sure, though. Should I do it today? Do it! Just do it! And they're like, but how much does membership cost? What's the fee? Do it! Just do it! So that was interesting. We caught that on tape. So I wish you guys could see his face. I know. That's He's perfect. so proud. 
I'm so proud of that I'm audio. So proud. All right, you two. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> They're both like, okay, so I, Mike is like, what the hell did I sign up for? He's like probably suing Shannon right now. Like That was ridiculous. All right, oh, so what we're going to do in just a minute is um, – we're going to summarize what we learned. We we have a walk-in tip from the Hawaiian lumberjack uh, yeah. himself. Yes. Um, and we have uh, a, um, I guess Chew- that's basically Chewy? it. Chewy? <laughs> yeah, we, we basically that's it. Um, but first, I do want to thank our corporate partners to make the show a reality. Of course. Who are they? Christina. Fundbox. Oh, my God. Let me put on the appropriate music for Fundbox. There we go. So Fundbox is a cash flow accelerator. You know, gyms can use this. Anyone yeah. can do it. If, if a client, uh, you've appropriately invoiced them, but they're not paying you on time, uh, cash flow accelerators like Fundbox, Fundbox, quite frankly, the only choice, will release the funds to you for that invoice on the spot, 100%, so you can have that money today when you need it. What about Receipt Bank? Do I bore you? <laughs> no. Do I bore you? <laughs> well, Receipt Bank won't bore you. So Receipt Bank. <laughs> Receipt Bank is a, uh, quite frankly, it's a, it's probably the ultimate productivity tool. You know all those receipts you've piled up that you have in your shoebox? It yes. scans it in, it syncs up with QBO or Zero or any accounting software you have and submits it in there. So you don't need a bookkeeper to do it. You can just do it on your own in seconds. I use it regularly. Next, Eva. Oh, my God. Whoops, that, the music didn't play loud. There it is. <laughs> so, Next, Eva, voice over IP phone system. We just bought another one of their phones for Billy. Okay. Oh, oh, I can't say billion. I can't say billion. Oh, because this is in September. The beginning of September, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, but then so she start. She starts next she, week. Yeah, yeah, we're fine. <sighs> that was close. <laughs> so, can I announce it on the air? You almost let the cat. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, we're cat, gonna announce yeah. it at Profcon too. But we will. Oh, <laughs> I won't say anything. It's yet. okay. Now it's totally. There's total confusion here in the studio. I messed up. <laughs> so I will not say anything. So, we did buy a phone for Billy, for Billy, for Billy Bob, for Billy Bob. Yeah. <laughs> So from Next Diva. Next Diva's voice over IP phone system. It's probably the best out there. No, it's not probably the best. It is the best out there. Get your Next Diva phone system by going to nextdiva.com. Nice. All right, Mike. Uh, you got the floor. You know, when the Hawaiian Lumberjack walks in, people listen. Um, get on top of that microphone, though. Okay. And tell us what your tip is. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Because this course. is a good tip. Uh-oh. Oh, God. So I, I just want to start off. This is actually appropriate music. And it's also appropriate that the guest is from Florida because the... Director of the University of Florida's International Shark Attack File. Yes. His name is George Burgess. 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 Important information. Yeah. Oh, of course. I, I need to cite my sources. Carry on. I love it. So, so, so I can be fact-checked. He says that the falling coconuts kill 150 people worldwide each year. Wow. Oh, hell no. 15 times the number of... of Deaths attributed to shark attacks. Oh hell no! Pretty crazy. Really? From the lumberjack. So more people, yeah, more people die in the Hawaiian lumberjack industry than with shark attacks. Well, more more people die just you know walking under coconut trees, which is why I've dedicated my my uh, business to cutting down coconut trees. Of course, saving lives. Oh, you're really doing that to prevent coconut, not for the wood that you're taking or Mm -hmm. capturing. You're just destroying the environment so no one gets hit by coconut. You know, palm trees don't provide the best building wood out there. Oh, I did not know that either. (laughs) So you're just destroying them. So you just destroy them. (laughs) How many lives do you estimate that you've saved through your coconut tree cutting? Well, I estimate for every 300 coconut trees I cut down, I'm saving approximately 
four lives <laughs> per year. <laughs> well, I love your estimate. Okay, so you must be doing it in very populated areas where there's millions of people. <laughs> you might want to work under, on that yeah. statistic. <laughs> I could see, I could see like a restaurant in Hawaii just moves in. They buy these coconut trees for a thousand dollars each. They plant them so it's beautiful. And there's a large population there. You start panicking and you run in there and you start cutting down their brandly new trees. Would it be trees. more efficient to just kind of knock the coconuts off rather than cutting down the whole tree? Yeah, but then they grow back. And the the <laughs> keeps you in business. Coconuts, That's like I, it's kind of a yeah. You are this, resource. You are no, the killing psycho. the earth. He's killing the earth. My, my grandfather actually does live in Florida, and he's there's news in the papers all the time. Yeah, someone I've heard that before. Okay. they were just like mowing their lawn, and they had a coconut tree on their on their lawn, and they just died. The more okay. you know. There you go. Interesting fact. Um, we got to <laughs> roll on though here. So thank yeah. you for that, thank Hawaiian. You. Thank you. Public um, service announcement. We want to do. We want to talk about what you learned today. So, uh, Christina, you want to go first? Okay. Um, I love that there is always an expense that you can cut, no matter what situation you think there is. There is always something that you can adjust to make better. And also, the just the mind shift motivator I wrote down, um, which just rela- taking an account and relabeling it profit completely changes your mindset versus just having it labeled as, like, bank account. Yeah. You know, like, it... it it's such a simple move to yeah. get you motivated to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Kels, what'd you learn today? So a couple things really warmed my heart. Um, the first he said when you asked him why he's doing Profit First again, he said he has to do it. There's no other way. The other way doesn't work. This mm-hmm. is the only option. I love that. It's so true, but I feel like when you don't have exposure to it, you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was just like Christina said, the fact that just having an account and having some amount of profit in it makes you profitable, and that gives you confidence and momentum to completely change yeah. the way your business yeah. operates. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The 1%. My takeaways were, first, the fluff factor. Mm-hmm. He says he cut 10% of costs, and it, from what I heard, not a single customer misses it, nor does he. Yeah. And I think we all kind of uh, have that creep. He calls that scope creep right from the yeah, military. Yeah. Mission creep. Um, so that was fascinating. And, and now it sounds like he's catching himself the second go around. It's starting to happen again, but now he's like, oh, I'm wise to it because he feels the pressure right away because money's gone to profit. Um, the second thing I learned from him was that uh, it, just because the system didn't work the first go around, that it doesn't mean the system didn't work. He evaluated himself and said, oh, we weren't following the process to a key. Right, yeah. Um, and then what I learned from Shannon, too, is, is A, have someone else holding you accountable that can yes. coach you through it. There's other strategies she was sharing that, that gyms could do. And uh, she also mentioned between the lines, she goes, you know what, all gyms experience this. There's called seasonality. Mm-hmm. And so everyone wants to get the beach pod in the spring, but then the summer comes, and they're like, I don't need to work out now. I'm going on vacation. Right. So she goes, there's this natural dip, and I wonder if he could reserve money in another account, like a right. drip or a retainer, to prepare for the inevitable. Right, right. That was great stuff today. I love yeah. how he said, Ooh. That's right. That was loud. <laughs> I love how you said the number one value of Profit First, if if nothing else, or I should say upon, not upon, what the hell am I trying to say? I no Among idea. everything else, it makes you become more cognizant of where you're putting your money, yeah. of where you're spending it. Yes. That's the number one value that he took away, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. I, I love it. All right. We got to start wrapping things up here, Christina. Wrap it up. So uh, we're going to people learn, learn about us, hear about us, Christina. Come on. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. But first, check out iTunes, Stitcher, TuneRadio, Google Play, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. And leave us a comment. I love reading all the little comments that we get. Yeah, please rate and review, share, and something rhymes with share. Blair, Flair. 
care. Declare care. Share. You, if you care, you share. If you share, you care. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Okay. There is one more thing you got to do. Go to Profit First Professionals, as Christina was alluding to. Yes. So it's ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Why do I want you to go there? Well, because you can find a Shannon Simmons. Maybe you're in the gym industry. Shannon Simmons does it. John Briggs, another expert in the in the gym industry. But what about, what if you're a knitter in the knitting industry, knitting supply? We have an expert in that. What, what if you, yeah. you own a dentistry? We have an expert in that. What if, what if you uh, own a bicycle shop? We have an expert in that. Like all these different categories, people that know your industry and how to drive profitability. You just got to take the first step, which step is- Step one. Go, <laughs> go to Profit First Professionals. Step one. No, step, 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 step two. two. <laughs> oh my God, for God's sake. Ruby, let's stop the music. Fat daddy, fat back? Yeah, I know. I hear you, Ruby. <laughs> okay, let's try one more time. Step one. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Yep. Then. Step two. Step two. There you go. <laughs> Click on Find a Profit First Professional. Step three. Yep. Fill out the form. It's real simple. Step four. We'll hook you up. <laughs> we'll hook you up. So that's it. So thanks for walking me through that, Kels. Yeah, Step no one through four. It's so simple. It'll probably take you less than 20 seconds. Well, it'll probably take you less than 20 minutes. 20, <laughs> yeah, less than 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Like three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> Three minutes. Fill it out. We'll hook you up with a Profit First professional who drives profitability in an industry like yours and a business like yours. And, um, and then you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm talking about off to the races. Next week, we got something juicy coming. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Dan Cushell will be here. Juicy. You know what we'll be talking about? What? what? How to create an easy, lucrative, and fun business. Love it. And he actually has two acronyms. He calls it the ELF, easy, lucrative, and fun, and the Ooh. HALF versus... Uh, Half is hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. Half elf. So build an elf, not a half. Yeah. You'll learn all about that next week, guys. You just got to be here. See you later. Bye. Bye.